This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com playing from left to right in the red, away from the travelling support. He saw Dan Kemp's goal of the game close up. Shade on the left here. Happy to give it back to Khan. Um, passes overhead a bit. Oh, Khan has slipped here when he was looking to control it and Tranmere in initially through Jennings. He shoots powerfully. Comes off Mahoney. Minton has to get there. Fall to Moore. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. it swindon season is at the halfway point time flies right town completes the first act tired depleted and bracing themselves for another mid-season reboot tramier rovers two swindon town one here to discuss is the boy absent from the bitter land in favor for the bright lights of tro vegas it's connor hello connor Hello, Rich. How's it going? Oh, brilliant! Now I know that you're in you're in the West Wilts. Viva Tro Vegas to you. Yeah, the bright lights uh, took me back in. Uh, it's great to be back, and I'm looking forward to being in attendance for the second time this season at a game in a couple of days. But first of all, we got to chew over that. But before we do that, I just want to wish everyone listening a very happy Christmas. Because since you're probably listening to this on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Don't know what's got into you if you're doing that, but um, absolute latest Boxing Day. Um, appreciate the uh, 
commitment to Swindon Town and to the Low Strangers podcast oeuvre. So, <laughs> well, you've, you've, you've took my lines, but yeah, um, <laughs> we've we, we got to do a presser at some point too. So I wish everyone a happy holiday at that point. Um, yes, uh, Viva Tro Vegas, happy Hilperton to you, but less so Jordan Turnbull, uh, who can frankly stand on some Lego this evening. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be the happier person to come from this area than than me unfortunately don't forget Um, me that yeah well exactly um i think we need to rip the plaster off and get into it don't we rich yeah okay well at get it forward says well he sums up this game as shit but not as shit as normal but that might be because tramier are shit connor is this game as simple as that Rich, thank you very much. No, hey, uh, uh, the tenth yeah, time go. we've done that joke this this season, but brilliant every time. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I I think it's a nice piffy summary. I think I don't know, don't even know if it's necessarily not as bad as usual. Um, it just seemed to be a continuation of a lot of what we've seen just against a team that are also not very good and didn't punish us in quite the way that a few of the other teams this month have. So. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not going to be on the podcast saying a lot of positive things about Swindon Town today because it was a really grim watch uh, from from afar on in my brief temporary chateau. Yeah, it was a shame, wasn't it? No Christmas cheer up in Birkenhead for Swindon. Town lineup was Murphy Mahoney, Harrison Minturn, Saidu Khan, and Williams Kokolo, uh, Tyree Shade, and Romeo Hutton, Liam Kinsella. George McEachran and Dan Kemp, and then up front, Jake Young and Charlie Austin. There will be appearances later for Lewis Ward and Jake Kane returning from injury, but no appearances for Brooklyn Genesini, Anton Dworzak, Joel McGregor, Jackson Brown, and Sonny Hart. So the big news pre-game was that there was another Absence, and this time it was Godwin Malife, who post-match uh, Michael Flynn described had been violently ill, one of my least favourite illnesses, I must say. Then we have, in terms of our defensive crisis, Bruitt and Clayton out, but they are extremely close to returning. Godwin Malife might be back. He's close to returning for Wrexham. Bruitt has had uh, patella tendonitis. He's had to stay off his feet. Uh, to take down the swelling. Elsewhere, Rashan Hepburn-Murphy's sore knee has been upgraded to bad knee. Uh, in discomfort, he's struggling, um, but the rest of us don't know how to pinpoint it. <laughs> good news on, on a few of those, but Rashan Hepburn-Murphy, man, that does not sound good at all. And to be honest, it's getting to the point where I, I think uh, the, the line that's got around uh, discussions over the last few weeks is, uh, along the lines of if you're playing well, you don't have a full treatment room and things like that. And I think it's it's probably true in terms of the, a lot of these players have been rumoured to be coming back for so long that I just kind of assume that they're not interested almost. Uh, not to throw them under the bus. And, you know, I don't know if I'd be interested in playing at the moment, given the sort of size of the squad and uh, the tasks that they've got at hand. But yes, it, it's frustrating that a few of those players aren't available and um I just all I want to know is if that lasagna from September is really good again uh and uh, Lord Godwin Malife out because that would be a, a really unfortunate if, if it wasn't good in September it's not gonna be good in late December is it so um best avoid that 
I, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. Never reheat um, if the first batch was no good. Yeah, I mean, our very own Dan spoke to uh, Rashawn Hepburn Murphy before the Aldershot game, I think, and he was saying to him that he'll be he'll be back for Colchester, <laughs> which was days after the Aldershot game. But no dice. Things happen. Things change in that time. Did he mean Colchester at home? Oh, he might have. He might have yeah. because then that might be that be absolutely incredible accuracy by Hepburn Murphy. Just looking at the fixture list, probably be back for that day. In in terms of the defenders, though, we we criticise squad depth often, and there's five or six depending on <laughs> whether you can count maybe Ben Ward as as playing being able to play centre back. To have this many out, and we do have cover, and they're out too, is this more a case of it being really quite unfortunate for Michael Flynn, or is it just a part of the bigger picture? Um, it's a bit of both, I think. Uh, I know it's a very boring answer, but ultimately we we do have an injury list there, and that's probably the area of the squad that were hardest hit at the same time. Although we do have an injury list there, the fact that we're playing three centre-backs is a choice, and we didn't don't need to be playing three centre-backs uh, in every game. Um, so if you're going to play three centre-backs in every game, you need to have more of them to cover for potential injuries, which unfortunately we don't have. I think we have enough to basically cover for a back four. And I think if you're looking at the team today and you're saying that's Harrison Minton and Williams Kokolo, uh, I, I don't think that many people would be sort of complaining too much um, about one player sort of coming in out of position. That happened around this time in the Richie Wellens promotion season. Um, sort of getting people to fill in at centre back where it wasn't their main position. I think Anthony Grant and Zeki Fryers did that um to quite good effect around this time four years ago. Um so the problem for me is that because we're asking three people to play that as their key position, uh that yeah, you need to have more than basically five in your squad uh to be able to play that. So yeah, we are unfortunate to have all of those injuries piled up, but we could do something about it as well if we wanted to bring players in. Quality, not quantity. I think we need a bit of both, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Uh, it it does feel like cutting your nose off, doesn't it? Like, Or he's just using clever, inverted commas, uh, terminology to try and try and mask something else. But right now, I think bodies would be good instead of having Saidu Khan at the back. Um, we'll talk a moment, like how we all feared the worst when we saw that that defensive line. But before, a little bit of light entertainment. I looked at the Tramia Rovers squad and I knew we were in trouble. Lee O'Connor, two ends. Connor Wood, two ends. Connor Jennings, two ends. Oh, that's too many 2N Connors, Connor. It just wasn't meant to be. I mean, even one's too many. I think learn to spell. Um, you only need one N. That you know doesn't sound any different if you put an extra N in there. So why waste it? Use use the N somewhere else, in my opinion. Um, and to be honest, it just you know that that got me rattled, and that was a bad start to the afternoon. My thoughts were with you at the time. I have to <laughs> say, uh, like I was just saying there. When when you see that that makeshift defensive line, I really I think many, including myself, feared the worst for this game. But then I was seeing messages on social media by Tramier fans basically saying, "Well, Swindon haven't got any centre backs, but we've got no forwards, so this could be a, a a fun afternoon." I think fun they meant nil nil, 
But in terms of in terms of the the bigger picture, it wasn't as bad as I feared. But I fear it's because of who we were playing. Yeah, I think that's correct. I think as well, to be honest, they probably these Tranmere fans that have been mentioned here probably made the mistake of assuming that we're a normal football team, which we just absolutely aren't. Um, <clears throat> so I don't think you need an attacker to sort of put us under much depth, uh, much uh, threat. Uh, obviously, it helps a lot. We've seen that in recent weeks, but if you've got a couple of midfielders of an eye for goal, then that should be more than enough against, especially a rear guard like that. But considering when we have players in the position that play it, we're still leaky as a sieve. Um, I don't feel we stood much chance with a, a midfielder that, you know, even in midfield uh, is, is not sort of the best in a defensive sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I think probably it's one of those things where they didn't know much about us. We didn't know much about them, but ultimately I was, you know, I was watching the game thinking we're playing so badly and we're not getting punished for it. Are we going to get away with one? This, this is around the halftime mark. Um, and you know, that was more in hope than expectation because in the end we uh, did not get away with one in the slightest. Um, and I don't think our posi- our performance in the second half was much worse than in the first. Uh, I don't think Tramir even did that much to really turn the screw. Um, I just think it, it was one of those games that, you know, we could, we could play that 10 times and we'd lose 10 times, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I get the feeling for those who, who made the long trip uh, across the country, whether it's from the the southwest or the, the the north or wherever, it's a long ways to go. And um, I, I imagine it felt like they were watching the same old story. And <laughs> as you said, there they they don't know Swindon. Well, the first chance of the day for Tramier was via a simple bat pass from Harrison Minturn, and the pace somehow tricked. Murphy Mahoney, but he luckily easily prevented embarrassment. But again, it's just an hour or so after seeing that lineup announced, and you see that possibly going in, and you think, "Oh my goodness, what a what a long, long afternoon this could be." And the opening exchanges were mostly Tramia too. Yeah, and to be honest, I think I'm I'm now so scarred by that injury time against Accrington I just don't think I'll ever trust a, this current team playing for the rest of the season because you know that even if things are going well it might go wrong um, and yeah like you say early doors it really was not positive it's, it's kind of a continuation I, I didn't watch the game last weekend I was going to say unfortunately I think that's fortunate for my part that I was doing something else instead um, although I was actually watching Mainz lose at the same time so it wasn't it wasn't a good afternoon by any stretch of the imagination um, for me, it's a continuation of what I saw two weeks ago against Wimbledon in terms of just, you know, we, we couldn't really um, do much. We were pinned in our own half. Um, we weren't being peppered as such. We gave away a couple of chances, which I think were more to do with us than to do with them. Um, but then, yeah, just as as the, the game wore on, um, it just felt every time that we had a little foray into the half that it, it, was, <laughs> it was the most frantic thing ever because they were really trying to make the most out of the, the couple of seconds that we got there and... Fortunately, halfway through the half, that did count in in terms of a really really nice bit of interplay between uh, Dan Kemp and Romeo Hutton, uh, resulting in a goal from a very tight angle, which I was very happy about. But even then, I was, just, I was I was happy about it for a minute, and then I was just like, I really hope we can get through the rest of this half. Yes, <laughs> yes, I, I think that's a really good point, and I think I'm at that stage now where when Kemp scored. 
I kind of went, you know, the usual fist pump get in. But I didn't feel I didn't feel for one moment that that was it. The end done. <laughs> this is it. Happy Christmas, everyone. I, I did feel like, well, let's see what what things are like in the 60th minute, because we've been there, done that. But it's a lovely finish by Dan Kemp from the acutest of angles. It was really out of nowhere. And I'm I'm glad the travelling fans had that moment in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to go to the effort to go up there on the 23rd of December, I think you deserve some kind of moment to bite into. And it's just really, really well orchestrated from Kemp in the middle of the pitch um, to even sort of find the ball out wide to Hutton, who, again, then just puts in a very well-weighted well uh, well pass um, and Kemp sort of slips in behind and it's the kind of thing you're just thinking square it, square it, square it and then obviously Tranmere have expected him to square it and he's managed to beat the keeper at the near post so um, very, very nice uh, and I'm sure Tranmere won't have been that happy about it at that point but yeah, absolutely uh, a, a, a good moment uh, and yeah, if only we were able to defend then <laughs> it would have been a telling one but unfortunately we are not well, Connor, word on the Junior Robins Christmas party scene is that Kemp is almost a done deal. That was apparently, allegedly, courtesy of the perma-smiling Clem Morfuni, who was working the room uh, during the Christmas party. It's one of the biggest occasions of the year, as you will know. Uh, it just feels like, I mean, a part of me is it thinks, you know, it's absolutely essential they get the job done. Another part of me is just like, well... We have him now and look where we are. What's the point of bringing him in if we're not going to build a squad around him? But I'll I'll take him on a permanent and if he can walk in the summer, then so be it. He's so important to us. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things. If I, I, Part of my resignation at the general scenario, the general sort of uh, picture of someone in town at the moment is that I just don't see him or Young staying beyond the start of January if he is able to stay beyond the start of January and for even longer till the end of the season then I think that will perk me up a little bit and I'm sure a lot of people listening will be in the same kind of scenario where he's such a good player and I, I think he's our best player that it would be a real shot in the arm to see that we're able to keep him yeah but I don't I don't actually trust he, I mean it might be that Clem said that I don't know uh even if he has said it if he, if he said it on the sofa or something like that in the kind of uh, places he's popped up and in recent times, I still wouldn't necessarily believe it because, you know, the, 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 the regime that we've got at the moment are very happy to kind of try and boost hopes. Um, and for me, it'll be a case of once it's announced, then, then I'll believe it. And to be honest, even then it'll be, it'll be a thing of let's hope that he doesn't get injured or something like that. So uh, I think yeah, until there's some kind of like actual ink on paper, sort of solid announcement, um, I'm going to be sceptical. But um, I think really we just have to enjoy him while he is here because that was a moment of magic and that's the kind of thing that you actually need if you're going to get results in games. And uh, yeah, he did his bit and unfortunately uh, it wasn't enough. But uh, that's that's not blame at his doors more everyone else unfortunately absolutely agree and sadly on the other side of things Jake Young is playing like somebody who is clearly injured at the moment too yeah I was I saw there was a, a sprint he did I think before the goal in the first half I was just like my god you're going at absolute full tilt and you're just getting absolutely nowhere near it and yeah I think with him it's never for a lack of trying um, and there's a lot of quality there but yeah 
you, it, it, in its position. You're just trying to play every minute, I guess, and add some goals to the tally and see where it takes you in January. Because uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be shocked. I mean, I'd be shocked if but either of them are here, but uh, especially Jake Young, where I think it, there's that very clear incentive to either go back to Bradford and uh, kick on, or um, yeah, for them to cash in on a player that should be a, a pretty big asset at this level. So. Oh. There it is. There it is. Well, speaking of sighing, I think Michael Flynn, Swindon fans, a lot of people will will talk about decisions in the second half that change games or changes games. But in the thirty seventh minute, Swindon have a one on one. A Kekran must shoot. He doesn't. Mm, yeah. And he's tackled and it goes away. But if, if that's 2-0, with the crowd turning as well on Tramia at that around that time, it, it could have changed the game completely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really nice play from Young, actually, to set it up. A little 1-2 between McEachran and Young. Um, and, yeah, it's just one of those ones. You, you kind of wish that was actually Kemp that was in that position because he would pull the trigger straight away and it would be 2-0 and uh, the world would be looking slightly rosier at halftime. Uh, it would have given them a mountain, a mountain to climb, which you know wouldn't necessarily be in, insurmountable given what we've seen of our team over the recent couple of games. But at the same time, um, yeah, it's it's a moment you live to rue, uh, and yeah, because he just doesn't get the shot off, it it probably ends up looking, uh, I don't know, just it, it maybe doesn't look as quite a, a big chance as it was, but. Yeah, if you're going to create so so little, you you really need to be clinical in those moments, and uh, it's, it's unfortunate for us because uh, I think that would have really uh, made it a game that we could have won, and unfortunately, we didn't go on to do it. The remainder of the, the the first half from memory was I wouldn't say Tramia were knocking on the door, but they were applying plenty of pressure, but Swindon were dealing with it reasonably well. Yeah, I think we were sacked pretty deep, and we just looked to counter them, which I think should have been the game plan for the rest of the game, really. Uh, and like I say, it's probably a thing of they're missing some of their sort of key attackers, maybe didn't quite have the ideas of how to break us down. And from their perspective, it's a get in at half time and work out where are the errors that we can punish Swindon. But yeah, I was, you know, going into the half time break, I think I said, if we're able to sort of continue holding out, I think that there might be some draw on the counter. Um, because you know, the space was opening up for us and we were able to sort of sit relatively solid at the back. But then what you're not able to do after the halftime break is to just completely switch off and, you know, play as if there's a line of people behind you and Saidu Khan slipping over rather than playing a very simple pass. Um, really put a goal on the plate for Tramir, which they weren't able to get immediately. But then on the rebound, they were. And from that point onwards, the game was only going one direction, unfortunately. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi Rich, just a reminder to let you know I'm on Points West again tonight, so make sure you tune in. Oh no, here I am holidaying in Europe and I'm going to miss Dan's latest appearance talking about another deep side town performance on the television. Unless... 
Haha, <laughs> of course, I can use my NordVPN subscription. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. So I'll never miss another Points West with Dan ever again. Huzzah! NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash loafstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the podcast along the way. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Lovely stuff. To Mahoney who works the ball from right foot to uh, left foot and clears it forward to ironic cheers. Kemp will win it though on the halfway line. Kemp tries to motor forward. Hutton's his obvious outlet on the right hand side. Pass finds him. Hutton's got a chance to go at the full back wood here. Instead plays an eat ball to Kemp. Kemp free inside the penalty on the right hand side. Tries to shoot and scores on the tight angle and Swindon scores Kirkman says the inevitability of losing after being ahead at halftime is so flipping depressing, just seems so weak both mentally and physically and keep making mistakes, no faith in ownership and faith in Flynn. Oh, what joy it is to be a Swindon fan. Happy bloody Christmas, everyone. Well, happy Christmas. Uh, to you too, Mark. Let's talk about the equaliser because my Lord in heaven, Connor, it's got to be one of the most farcical that I've seen in a while because, boy, it's not just preventable in one place. It's preventable in two, three. Oh, it's just horrific. Christmas is the season for giving, unfortunately, Rich. Um, yeah, I mean, Saidu Khan, I think, Earlier this season, I was starting to come around to him after really not being impressed with him last year. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's playing out of position, in a position that he just very clearly doesn't have the attributes to play. Um, and it's difficult. But also at the same time, if you're playing in the middle of a, of a centre-back trio, don't play like you're playing in midfield and uh, act like there's a line of people behind you. So, yeah, just messing about on the ball, falling over, creating a very presentable chance. And then, I mean, the the shot from the Trambo attacker is not very good and Mahoney spills it. Uh, and then from there, it's just chaos. Uh, and it's an emphatic finish at the end of the day. Um, you know, I, I, it's it's one of those ones I just keep, <laughs> keep seeing it in my head. It's not, a, it's not a fun one to relive, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I, I don't, think we <laughs> come out of that looking particularly good do we no no in the chat ben 3.0 was saying like five minutes before that mistake he was saying that Khan can't be doing what he does in midfields at his offender because there's nobody to protect him if he balls is up side of khan's career is like deal or no deal you know if it goes our way we might make six figures for him, but if it doesn't, we'll be lucky to get like fifteen grand or something. Because this is a time where you know I, he might want to leave, and he might be looking to go. He might not be, but he was rumoured with that move to Wrexham really early on, and at a time where you know January is rapidly approaching, 
you don't want to be doing that or you're stuck with <laughs> the Swindon slugs for another half a year. Yeah, absolutely not. And I think if he was playing in his main position, then I would probably be really going in on him. Uh, and I kind of want to because it was really tragic what he did. Um, but at the same time, if you're, I mean, really, we've kind of discussed, is he a defensive midfielder or not? Because I, I think he, the way he plays is really not like a holding midfielder at all a lot of the time. And he's he's grown into that role. But asking him to play centre-back and the middle of the three as well, um, for me, it's it's just not what he's supposed to be about. Like, you know, if we were to ask Charlie Austin to play at centre-back, you know, you would expect sort of a, a, a baseline of effort, which I think Saito Khan did give us. Uh, he was flying into all sorts of challenges and getting uh, knocked about the park by their players uh, in the first half and the second half as well. Um, I don't think the problem was effort. I just think he's just not cut, not cut out for that position. And that's not really an insult on him. He's a midfielder. He doesn't need to be cut out for the middle of a back three. Uh, we should have a squad that is able to cope for with a couple of injuries to, well, a few injuries to centre-backs. So I think that's where I come back to is that goal comes immediately back to our policy of how we've decided to run the squad, whoever's decision that was, um, because there's just absolutely no way that he should be playing that position. Yeah. Shortly before they scored, Tyree Shade whipped in a lovely ball um, into the penalty area, which sadly um, met nobody because there was no one there to tap it home. And then shortly after uh, the equalising goal, Hutton whipped in a cross for a it was textbook Hutton stuff for Austin and it's it's well saved should Austin do better I don't know I, I don't know what to expect from Charlie Austin nowadays those are the moments that we need him to 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 stick them away but at the same time he's done everything he can it's a good save by McGee uh yeah I think the one where you have to question Austin is actually the chance that you mentioned before yeah. of Shade putting in I mean, you you want a striker to gamble there and that's you know, what you want your player, what your striker with 14, 13 years of experience uh, at higher levels than this um, to do uh, to sort of get on the end on. And he didn't. Uh, I think the one from Romeo Hutton, it's a very good cross, but it's also, it's not an easy goal scoring opportunity. He's done well to put it on target. I think he's actually got a little bit behind the header as well. So I think it's just actually a very good save by the goalkeeper. So fair play. Yeah. And then there was a period where the two sides seemed to, duke it out a little bit where it was a not I wouldn't say end to end but it was it was a period where it wasn't all Tramia and it wasn't all Swindon there were there were moments for both sides and then it, it, with about 20 minutes to go he just he just completed a really quite decent save uh, Murphy Mahoney and we all know that over the last few weeks or months there has been a, a growing feeling of disdain for Mahoney for every good thing he does he's got a rick in him and then he pulls up and he gets replaced he's he's done his hamstring that that doesn't sound good and on came Lewis Ward uh, for his first EFL appearance for Swindon since May 2022 depending on whether you count the playoffs as is the EFL league appearances either Port Vale away or Walsall Two completely different vibes, <laughs> those two games. Um, but sadly for Lewis Wood, the first thing he pretty much did was pick the ball out of the net because although he saved the first shot with his legs, it wasn't enough. And Tom Davies put Tramia in the lead with 18 minutes to go. And it just felt like that was it then, done. 
Yeah, and ultimately it's a shame because I think can't really point too many fingers at Ward, but for him coming back on uh, onto the pitch for the first time in, for Swindon in quite a while, uh, it must have been really frustrating for the second thing that you do in the shirt to be picking the ball out the back of the net. And uh, you know, it's, it's funny when he came on as a substitute, I was thinking, you know, you jammy sod, you you've, you've come you come back on, and you're probably based on the injury going to play in front of a packed out house, similar to sort of how you sort of picked up the the packed out house against Man City by default by uh, Wallacott being called up by Garner um, back a couple of years ago. Um, you could, yeah, so he's he, he's going to be in front of the, the Disney cameras and doing all this kind of stuff. And before I'd even finished that thought, we were 2-1 down. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I would actually say in the end, it's worked out unlucky for, for Lewis Ward. So fingers crossed for brighter things in a few days' time. Yeah, let's hope he proves to be... Well, he, he took his opportunity plenty of times when Wallacott was on international duty. Let's hope he does the same again. He's going to get plenty of practice in the next game, I'm sure. Uh, there are two moments before we, we move to post-match stuff that were largely bemoaned by the Swindon side of this. And that was... The first one was the handball. Yeah, there's no bones about it. It's a handball, it's a handball like, yeah. It's not. It's not. We we can't get away from the fact that we've conceded two very simple goals that are both avoidable in their own ways. Um, but at the same time, from what I understand of the handball rule, um, and you know, there's lots of different interpretations. They change the rule every five seconds and all this kind of stuff. The hand, you know, it's not the ball's not come from him from a short distance. The hands move to the ball. It's an unnatural position. All this kind of stuff. It's changed the direction of the ball quite sort of, yeah, quite significantly as well. It has to be a penalty, but at the end of the day, human error is part of the game, and we had to play on. And then there's the offside goal, which I think was probably the correct decision, but I can't tell from uh, the angle that uh, my chateau uh, TV cameras were at. So, um, you know, it, it is annoying. But at the end of the day, if you're going to sort of use that as a, you know, we've been robbed, there is other stuff that we could have done. And after that, after that offside goal, I thought, do you know what? Um, You know, if we, it's not, it's not actually the end, like we could create another chance like that. And, you know, if Shade's going to finish like that, then, you know, we might be able to score again here. But that was the final attacking action of the game, really. After that, Tramir had the ball in our defensive third for about 10 minutes. So, um, you know, after both things happened, there was still stuff that we could have done to win the game and uh, we didn't do it. So I think we only have ourselves to blame. Yeah, there we go then. Full-time 2-1 Tramier. If you look at the, the post-match in the tunnel, it seems to be a little bit of a post-game <laughs> head-to-head between what looks like Regan Hendry of Tramier and a, a town player in a tracksuit, possibly Tom Brewitt. Love to see that. More of it, please. Petulance, yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, the East Ender Christmas special has become <laughs> part of the festive schedule as well, hasn't it? So I think uh, it's good that we've kind of channeled that energy, but I wish we'd done it on the pitch rather than in the tunnel. Yeah, he's ready for Wrexham. So post-game, uh, Michael Flynn said two goals given away. They were avoidable, stuck together and tried, but gave away soft goals. Tried to put out... The most senior team that was available uh, didn't have much chance to practice because of uh, Godwin Malefe's sudden illness. Uh, fullbacks had no attacking moments, created more than in recent games. Ultimately, the goals we are conceding 
is the big trouble it's killing us um and don't want it to be about bad decisions but they are fact uh but we are too easy to score against how many how how many more times can michael flynn say in a post-match game that we're too easy to score against without really getting probed on that a little bit more i mean ideally that buck would have stopped few weeks ago because he doesn't blame the defenders ever either so when we've got our best three out there he's like defending was rubbish it's not the defenders so whose fault is this yeah I mean, and like we've said throughout the whole I, mean, I find it so boring now rich honestly because we just talk about the same things every week uh and it is this it's been the same problems since september possibly even longer than that and I I actually don't like formulating the same thoughts in the same way every time I'm on. I find it a little bit like, uh, are people listening to this actually interested in this? Because it's kind of like, you know, we could just we could just sort of re- release the same episode most weeks and sort of change it. You know, maybe release like an extra five minutes if the the game has been ended in a positive result or something like that. You know, like you know that th- there is a there is a few small positive things happening here and there. But we're just doing the same thing, and it's a structural defensive thing. So you have to point fingers at the person that's structuring the defense, which is the manager. But Michael Flynn's not going to be critical of himself in these post matches, as such. So, you know, I I just think his post matches are boring at this point. I'm just not interested in what he has to say about it, unfortunately, because for everything he has to say, we continue playing the exact same way and making the exact same errors every day. Saddened by the lack of mirror looking this week, though. Um, I am absolutely interested in the idea of LS Pod artificial intelligence, though. That sounds great. Yeah, I mean, it would be good if it was, you know, instead of on the 23rd December at half 11, sort of trying to re- do the graveyard shift, we could just sort of get Microsoft Sam to do it for us. That'd be great. <laughs> yes, please. Um, some listeners' contributions. CJ69 says, drifting towards a relegation battle that this squad doesn't have the mental appetite for danielle says relegation fodder and jiff 1967 says alexa how many ways can you say shit connor surely we're not well we're surely too far ahead to be dragged into a relegation battle i I appreciate we're pretty bad but no surely not never say i don't know i i just don't know i mean the thing is, right, so you, you were saying at the start of the, uh, the episode, we're halfway through the season. How have second halves for us gone this season? Rich? Not well, Connor, in the recent yeah. years. Not well at all. No. Okay. Uh, so I think, uh, well, second half of the season, obviously in recent years, like you say, also just second halves of the season in games, not great. Uh, and, you know, another another game that today where we're winning at halftime, we lost at the end of the game. So I just, do you know what? I have no idea, you know, there should be enough points between us and 23rd uh, for us to be safe. We should be able to sort of randomly get a few free points here and there between now and the end of the season. But uh, genuinely, do I do I actually think it's a guarantee that we're going to be out of the discussion by the start of April? I, like, I wouldn't put money on it. Uh, and, you know, that's, I hope to be made to look silly. And also... You know that that there is stuff that you could do in a transfer window to sort of avoid that, but you know at this point, I, I I'm not confident uh, going into the second half of the season. So um, who knows? Who knows? Okay, Matt B says three wins in eighteen, 
awful team and squad, utter poverty. Rumours of players missing out due to falling out with the manager. Base master Rich says, same old rubbish. Another second half surrender mission. What does Flynn say at halftime? Because it never seems to have a positive impact on the team. Has he lost the dressing room? We better hope Clem has found a new credit card for January or better still, he's decided to sell up and... DJH says, whatever this is, it's not working. Time for a change. Was there anything in this game, Connor, that suggested that Michael Flynn has lost the changing room? Or the dressing room, I should say. I don't think anything that wouldn't have suggested that in previous weeks. Um, I don't think there was anything unique about this, but it was just so ragged. And I don't know if that's that we were missing key players. I don't know if that's that Players have been running to the ground. I don't know if that's just that sort of certain players just aren't playing at the sort of top of their capability at the moment. But you know something's not right there. And I think for me, like I look at it, and I'm just like you know for all of his faults, I think there's there's a clear explanation of why things aren't right that doesn't point at Michael Flynn. But like I said in previous episodes, we can go back to the AI LS pod stuff. At some point, he has to start questioning it himself because you know he's he's not sort of pointing at these kind of problems. Um, so is it right for us to sort of make excuses for him that he's not willing to make for himself? I don't know. Um, so I don't know. It may, maybe he has lost the dressing room. Maybe certain players aren't playing for him. You could probably look at the fact that there is quite a long injury list of players that have been seemingly coming back for two months and say that, you know, they might not be willing to play for him. I don't know, but that would take probably a level of in the knowledge kind of stuff behind the scenes that, I don't have, so I have no idea if you know just their actual injuries and or not. But the whole m- mood music is not good, is it? And it doesn't point to things being well. No, I don't know. No, STSC Nick W says the problem is everything has gone wrong from injuries to the owner not taking it seriously. They're not. Much goes our way on the pitch, but the players slash management need to take responsibility as well. I fear for the rest of the season, to be honest, need some miracles in January. STFC slash 1969 says solid first half, 1-0, no major dramas. Looked like a foul on George McEachran from... Uh, from the from the shot that he had that turned into a penalty. We didn't talk about that, actually. A lot of people say that was a penalty. Second half, okay start. Then a comical error uh, was the game changer. Crumbled after that, even with a stonewall penalty not given this time. What was the referee looking at? Kinsella battled well, but Kemp, man of the match. Dylan says, I hate this club at the moment. Man of the match, Clem Mulfooney, for turning us into this. I don't think that's man of the match material, Dylan. Uh, Rob Dinsey says, better effort than the last few games a patched together side trying hard but structurally we were dreadful players are regularly miles from where they should be on the pitch it's total football but totally shit Kemp better the match and Paul D saying could be worse just imagine how patched up the squad would look if we hadn't had that competitive budget in terms of the praise I do worry that we're beginning to praise Town's efforts like we would a child for finishing fifth in a sack race um, it does feel that we are really scraping the barrel of positivity, but hey, here comes January. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we introduced this uh, man of the match spreadsheet, so we have to scrape the barrel for some kind of praise every week, and that that's my own fault and uh, happened in a bad season. But um, yeah, you know that th- there's some players that you know are worth picking out in a positive way, but I just like I say, it's I'm just I, I'm so bored of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And yet here you are. Dan Kemp got the listeners' man of the match, and there's surely no way we can argue with that. Uh, well, actually, if you look at the action, I, I don't know. I I, I want to really like be the annoying uh, sort of I don't know. Come up with some sort of ludicrous shout that sort of just makes me seem really pretentious. But it is Dan Kemp. He's the only player who played well. Yeah. Okay. Well, as said at the top of the pod, Swindon sit in 13th position, having won eight, drawn six and lost nine. Uh, Five points off the playoffs with 10 of the 12 sides above having games in hand and 14 points ahead of that dreaded relegation zone. It's, It's mediocrity. But it feels so bleak, doesn't it? Yeah, because we should have a competitive budget. We're one of the biggest clubs in the league. We should be able to go up here and just play like a contender. Like you don't have to win every game, but there were there were parts of the game, not the whole ninety minutes, but enough of it that it looked like a non-league team playing a shit League Two team. Unfortunately, <laughs> and we were not the shit League Two team in that in in that uh, matchup. So I don't think it's much to ask for us to be okay and to do enough of the things right that we're in with a shout and we do we do we make enough right decisions that we don't have to spend the entire post match in a hall of mirrors looking at ourselves um I, i'm just bored of it honestly uh i, I don't know what to say well, I, I hope whoever I've got on to do the presser is more optimistic and happy and motivated than you are. Uh, we'll see. Connor, thank you very much. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.